Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brand Design Masters podcast. I am here today with Lauren Gonzalez, and Lauren is a freelance graphic design mentor an award-winning creative director with over 12 years of industry experience. After working in-house as a creative director for six years, Lauren set out on her own and built a design business from scratch. But then, after having some struggles finding work in the first six months of her design business, she was able to grow her business to a consistent client and income machine. Her educational business, For the Creatives, provides designers with a roadmap to create their dream business with stability in clients and income. And with that, I welcome Lauren. Thank you so much, Philip. And I'm so happy to be here. I appreciate you having me. It's really good to see you. So why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about your business as it stands right now? Yeah, so I have my design business, which I am still running. And um, it's called Principium Studio. It actually originates, the name comes from a Latin word. I know the name of your company also comes from a uh, Dutch word. So that's, that's a nice, it's nice to draw from those earlier roots of, of languages. And my husband is, uh, has Latin roots. So we took a Latin word principium, which means the origin of your business or the origin of something. So it's essentially the origin of your business of whoever we're launching their business. So you have a design business and then yes. tell us about for the creatives. Absolutely. So for the creatives is something that has been a real passion project of mine um, that I started about almost two years ago now. And um, it's something that I've always really, really loved talking to other designers, um, really giving my own insight just, you know, on anyone who was struggling. And I just realized, like, why don't I actually put this out there so more people can get this information? And so I started a YouTube channel. Um, I never would have decided to do that. I'm not much of a video person. I'm more of an introvert. So it was quite a stretch for me at first. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really wanted to get these messages out there. And the point of it is really to help see tell my story of how I actually was able to grow from nothing and really grow my business, being successful, being able to support my whole family and and now being able to really uh, create the dreams that I want to and now have another project, which is or another business, which is for the creative. So that's that's in a nutshell what it how it started. And so your business for the creatives, your YouTube channel kind of does, is that your feeder system for bringing clients into your, your coaching and mentorship programs? Yes, it is. Um, the, it's very interesting. It's almost always people will find me through typing in how to find clients or how to, how to start a design business. And I really, who I really want to help target and who I really am targeting with that is those that are, maybe they're out of school, just out of school and they're trying to figure it out, or they are designers who are, have been struggling and they haven't really, you know, really put the, the actual taking it to the level they want to in their business. And so that's who I really target. I'm not, I don't really work with people who are looking to grow huge agencies or scale um, because I'm really helping from my own experience. And I only teach what I have actually done myself and what's worked for me. What would you say the biggest uh, hurdle that designers in, early in their careers are facing right now? The biggest thing I see is that they try to be everything to everyone and they try to uh, compete with everybody who's a generalist out there. And and they think that they can just say, 
I am a graphic designer on their website and it's so many other thousands and millions of other designers are doing just that. And that's where I feel like there's this disconnection between marketing, understanding marketing and understanding the creative side, which is what I only wanted to do. I didn't want to deal with marketing. I know you had mentioned in, I think your, your most recent podcast um, that I just listened to, and it was about talking about how the unicorn skill of writing. And I feel like that is so true. And even kind of the, the sister to that, the cousin to that would be marketing and understanding marketing. And so that's, that's really a skill that I think a lot of creatives don't want to get into and, but it's really important. So talk about marketing in terms of you, you said that when you were starting your agency, you ran into six months of kind of struggle and then you kind of found an unlock in some way to kind of create a consistent level of client flow and income. Talk about how you did that for yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I left the corporate world because I just, I didn't really, I'm kind of a rebel in nature. I don't really like to be in constrained and rules. And, and I really wanted to get out on my own as well as I got pregnant. So I, I wanted to start a family. I wanted to be there for my kid. And um, so it was, it was like, I thought that I could just put up this website with my, all my work, everything I'd ever done in, in the, in, I couldn't even really use all that I had in corporate, but I, you know, I worked on events. I worked on banners. I worked on books. I worked on websites, everything. It was just like a jack of all trades. That's who I was. And I thought that was an asset. And uh, when I put that up and I just wasn't getting anywhere, no one was coming in through my website. I, I realized that I needed to actually see and learn this skill a little bit deeper. Um, so I tried going off and doing Etsy and I tried selling cards on Etsy and they sold, but they didn't really bring any money. And I didn't understand that you have to make a profit in order to actually, you know, work for, to make it work. My business sense was so little. Um, so really what I ended up doing was uh, reading lots of books. I, I really was in a book avid person. I'm still obsessed with reading books all the time. So I, I just went out and started to figure, kind of, kind of look at what, how do you actually market? But I kind of stumbled upon it in a way that was very, uh, by chance, I was getting clients by referral only. And that was, there were a lot of them in one specific space. So, um, I was meeting with my husband one day and he was still working in his job, but he was like, what, what if, you know, we actually went in and actually just had our whole business towards this one specific type of client that we keep getting on referral basis. Like how deep could we go and how, how could that turn into something even bigger? And so we just kind of by chance, you know, we were like, okay, this is a little scary that we're toting everything towards this, but we did it. And that was surprisingly what really like three extra income literally within a month. We just started going into these communities. We started becoming known for that. And, and I mean, there's a lot more I can go into on this, but that's essentially what really changed it and turned it around. So do you advocate that designers who are just starting off and starting freelance businesses that they niche down immediately or how do you, how do you counsel people? Yeah, it's a it's a diff, it's an interesting point because while you want to get experience working with types of clients and working with types of of design styles and really figuring it out and I think that that was an advantage of me working in corporate is I got to test out so many different styles. But I so I feel like 
If you want to test out things, then absolutely go for it at first. But if you want to get going and get more clients in a quicker way, I really advise, even if you're going to just be focusing on one area, just to get started, you can always pivot later on, but it's going to help you start actually getting some, some of the ball rolling. And, and I, I don't like to work with clients or students who are just, you know, designers just coming out of art school who really don't know anything about design still. They're still kind of figuring out the whole world out. But um, I think that once you had your feet wet a bit, normally about a year later is when I see a lot of designers coming to me where they're like, okay, I tried this thing out. I tried Fiverr. I tried Upwork. It's just not working for me. Let's, I want to figure it out how to take it to the next level. So did you package, you have a course called the Consistent Clients Blueprint. So did you kind of package all that up into this course or talk about the course a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yes. So what it is, is it's, it's literally what I did in the course. It's, it's what I did to get my business working and it's the step-by-step -step roadmap. And I'm really heavy on the, about the research because I, while I was working in a corporate job, I actually even though I didn't really like marketing too much, I was really big on research. I would go and do surveys. I would survey my book cover designs. I would survey everything. And the insight I gained and the actual um, power and impact of the designs were so much better because of that. So I really, really stress the research aspect and really going and understanding your ideal clients, understanding how to talk to them. Um, I get people out of their comfort zone about, you know, not talking on the phone. I know you've mentioned that that's something you see a lot is, is that people these days are trying to not be out there as much and, and, and kind of hide behind their computers. And, and I try and push people because that's, I know how I was able to succeed by pushing myself. And that's what I try and do to help designers. And um, so, yes, yeah, so it's the step-by-step. -step. I help figure that out, figure out your pricing, figure out your how you're going to craft your brand and your messaging so that it's going to resonate and then setting up the systems and also then setting up how you're going to be outreaching. What's going to be the right outreach method for your specific ideal clients? Where are they? Because I don't think you need to be everywhere and the more spread out you are, it's going to be harder at the beginning as you grow absolutely get bigger and spread out into other platforms. But at the beginning, it's you have so much you have to do to get the ball rolling. And I feel like when you're trying to do everything, you're going to just get overwhelmed, you're going to burn out, and you're not going to be doing as good a job. So one of the things you talk about on your website, and it's also something I beat on my drum on all the time, which is confidence. And so yeah. designers, and especially people who are just starting off, seem to have a bit of a crisis of confidence. And actually, even people who are farther along in their careers. Where do you think that comes from? And when you mentor people, how do you, how do you get them to a place of greater confidence? Yeah, great question. And this is such an important point. Uh, I the real real basis I try and, and get to is obviously we've all heard this term imposter syndrome I like to call it self doubt and and I really like to have people just put their blinders on there's this there was this really cool um, uh, a meme I saw about that showed I think it was. Um, Jeff Bezos in in his early stages of Amazon and he's there and it's a mess his office is a disaster and it was in the 90s and so and it said uh, don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 20 and I think that the world of social media 
has, especially, you know, Instagram is where a lot of creatives are hanging out. I feel like we get, get really, really, um, thinking that we're just not good enough. And we see all these incredible creatives out there. And instead of actually analyzing it in a wider perspective, we start to really uh, just compare and say, oh my gosh, this person's amazing. I'm never going to get there. So what I really help people to, to look at is, okay, so look at your goals, actually look at them for inspiration, but let's go back to you and, and your own skills. What have you accomplished? make and i have them actually make a list of the things they've done the projects they've created so they can refer it kind of like as a as a confidence booster but then going even deeper is is really finding out okay so so what is it if you want to achieve that you just have to work out the steps to actually get there and and it becomes actually a tangible thing that they can work towards instead of just this airy thing airy fairy thing in the sky that's like i wish i was better so i it's i always always advocate improving your skills even if you feel you can never feel like you're the best you have to always be improving and and that's been the biggest confidence booster is always just continuing to crave knowledge um, and to find your own strength and your own your own voice and your own way of actually communicating your messaging your story to help others and how you help them I'm always counseling creatives to somehow step outside of their comfort zone and um, oh. develop some sort of content, whether that's even curated content or writing or uh, you know photography, video, podcast, whatever that is, so they can own a little bit more of their own ecosystem, their own destiny. When you were going to start off doing YouTube, that's a, I obviously had my first day on YouTube too. And I know how incredibly daunting that is and very scary the first time you hit that publish button. Talk a little yeah. bit about how you started on YouTube. Why did you decide to go there and what were the early days like? Yes, absolutely. So YouTube, um, the way I, I was planning to start on Instagram, that was where I wanted to start. You know, it was comforting to me. I didn't have to get on video and it was, I could hide behind my pictures. That's what I'm used to doing all my life hiding behind my 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 drawings my pictures everything like that so um for this point um my husband actually really he learns a lot of things on youtube he always loves watching youtube videos so he suggested let's do youtube and at first i was freaking out i said absolutely not for doing youtube you can do it and um he he actually is a photographer so he really loves the camera and has gotten himself into video so what we did as I just realized where where are my where is my audience searching for things? Where are they needing help? And I thought about them. I thought about what is going to be the best for them. Stop thinking about myself and think about their needs, their problems, their struggles. And when I started putting it in that perspective, it was it was more like how can I get this message out faster instead of everyone's going to be looking at me and thinking how horrible I am. So that mindset shift really helped me. And then, but the, that first video, I mean, I still have it up on my YouTube channel. If anyone goes in chronological order, it's there. And I felt I want to take it down, but it still gets views. So I, I kept it up. It And it's just, I, I, as you probably understand that I look horrible. I'm, I, the camera is like this foreign object to me. I feel like I'm a robot, um, but I just kept going. And there's even a video that went viral that I have two different earrings on. So, I mean, like, oh. <laughs> what, 
<laughs> yeah, that it's 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 you know, and I I've contemplating taking them down, but that it gets thousands of views every day, and uh, I know it's helping people, even if you know there's those haters out there that are always going to say something negative. Um, but they're so few and it's usually about them or some problem that they have with themselves. And you know that if you have something that's going to help somebody, you got to just push yourself and think about them. That's, that's, I think the best, the best way to look at it. So where do you get your ideas for your content, for your videos? A lot of them comes from my own struggles and what I've gone through as a designer. And then I know you you use TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy's obviously amazing, doing uh, keywords everywhere, doing actual technical research on what is being searched for um, so that it can actually, these concepts can actually align with what's being searched for. So I even if they maybe aren't searching for an exact term, I know that's what they need. And so I put it under, categorize it under that keyword. It gets really technical as I'm sure you're very well versed because you have a, a channel that's over 200,000. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. BYOL.me is a top tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year at BYOL.me forward slash Philip. You can learn everything from the basics to advanced aspects of your favorite Adobe applications, all for one low monthly subscription fee. Visit byol.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. Again, that's byol.me forward slash Philip. I just know you're going to be amazed at Bring Your Own Laptops courses. I wanted to just make a comment about one of the things you said about your very first video and how, you know, you're kind of like, feel like a robot. I, yeah. I personally keep my, all of my videos, even the ones where I feel like it was just like totally painful to watch because I feel like when I counsel people to start doing content that I encourage them to go back. I said, go, go back and look at my first couple videos because I I'm sweating bullets. I'm swallowing all the time. I'm like completely yeah. talking too fast, but it's, I think it's important to show everyone that we all start at zero, right? Um, yeah. so is there besides YouTube, are you doing any, putting your back into any other kinds of content? Yes. Um, and yes, I understand what you said about those first videos. And I think that's a really good point to keep that there just as an example. I, I really, I, I appreciate that you did that. Um, and then going to the point about other content. Yes, I'm on Instagram and it's interesting because Instagram is never where I took my design business. I never, I just kind of had some pieces up there, some artwork up there as portfolio pieces, but my ideal clients were primarily on Facebook when I was really putting a lot of content out. So that's where I built up my audience, but Instagram. So it was kind of like, oh, I, I, I always had this, I didn't really want to get into Instagram. I don't have a personal account there. Um, I, I just never was an Instagram person. So I, I did actually used to have a personal account, but I, I had since gotten rid of it. But um, I started last year on Instagram, just kind of testing it out. And I, I remember my with 15 uh, followers, I, one of them turned into a coaching student. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Let me just see how it goes. So I just started, kept putting out content. I really went more heavy this year, like March. 
Um, and uh, that's when I really put out my my recorded version of my course was earlier this year. And and then it was so interesting. I it just started to put out put and kind of started to snowball. It's obviously not massive. It's forty six hundred followers there, but it's it's all completely organic. It's all just based on on real. I know they're all creatives that need help. And I, the biggest thing is I don't like to look at what other people are doing in my space. I really like to just say from myself, from my heart of like what I've gone through and, and just put out something that's helpful. And, and sometimes, you know, it doesn't go as well, but a lot of times recently, I've just been saying things I've run into recently in my own business. And it seems to really resonate because if I'm running into it, most likely other people are. And so it's gonna, it's just kind of been fun to, to experiment there because I've never had success there, never got my other businesses above a thousand followers. So I liked, I liked playing with this new platform. So what kind of content are you putting on Instagram? What are you doing on Instagram? Well, I'm just, I'm just using carousels really. That's all okay. I'm doing there. Yeah. I, I have not gotten into reels. I don't really plan on getting into reels. Sometimes I use stories, but that's what I do is carousels. And the topics of your carousels are like, you know, do a question. Do you take your carousels from Instagram and also put them on different platforms? Do you repurpose at all? I've done that before with LinkedIn. Um, once I figured out how to do carousels on LinkedIn using the PDF. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really, I kind of really wanted to just focus on growing one. Um, so I, I did try also Facebook. I just, I just realized the the bulk of, of the creatives are really on Instagram for the ones that actually seem to like my content. So that's where I've kind of just stayed. Would you say yeah. that you have any, you know, inspiring mentors or people that you were holding up or admiring or have been drawing from as you've built your brand and your business? I have looked for at books. Books have been my biggest source of inspiration. Um, Seth Godin is, I, I love all of his books. Um, and there's, uh, I've read a lot of just business books and specifically marketing. Um, there was a one, there was one book that really kind of transformed my business to, um, the next level, um, which was the one page marketing plan by Alan Dibb. And it's so simple, but I took some key points from it and it just kind of took the business to the next level, which, than I was able to teach other creatives about. So that's been the main source. I mean, definitely I, I have watched um, other other channels, uh, but this was after, I, I didn't, I wasn't watching YouTube uh, content at all when I started for the creatives. It was really, once I started getting into YouTube and I started seeing others in the space, like um, I love your content, you have some excellent content. Um, and then the future obviously has some amazing content as well. And um, those, those, um, probably, I guess that would be the answer. I, I, I think in the creative space, um, that's been the, the real inspiration is just really kind of drawing from outside the creative space into that marketing realm. Talk about, we all as creatives have to develop our own creative, right? Our own identity, our own brand ecosystem, color palette, fonts, photo style, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Talk about how you've done that for yourself. How have you, how did you begin? How did you develop consistency? How did you go about that? And you're, are you talking about for my design business or for, for the creative specifically? 
Well, I would say your website, your whatever your your digital presence is in terms of how you represent yourself. Okay. Well, for for my design business, Principium Studio, I have it. I have them totally separate. Um, so from for the creatives in Principium, and I, what I did with Principium is I drew from the Amazon colors, and I kind of did a little um, little play on it because Amazon sellers are the primary audience. Um, so that's my ideal client. So I use the orange, but then I use blue. So that was kind of how I, I created that identity so that when sellers went there, they would feel this kind of familiarity with that brand, um, having it kind of tie back to Amazon roots. Um, so, but the, the presence, I wanted to have this, at this, um, that the Principium studio, that name was really about the origin and, and telling the story. And that really framed the whole messaging that we went with and how we could help boost their sales and, and, and such with our brand, with good solid branding. So that was, um, that was Principium. Now, in terms of for the creatives, uh, I my actual uh, the whole color scheme. I really wanted to be uh, welcoming and clean, and and just be uh, something that was not too flashy or in your face, but was really a space for creatives to come. And actually, the logo is is um, a, a a palette like a, a paint palette, and the four the four dots are representing four or four of the creatives. And it also is kind of symbolic, sim, symbolic, I can't say that word. It's, it symbolic. symbolizes, there we go. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, the four, I kind of had this as a hidden meeting with only my husband knows is it's, it's me, my husband and my, our two kids. So that, that was kind of like the four element kind of play. So, um, yeah, that I think I kind of went around in a circle, and I don't know if I fully answered your question. No, you totally did, and uh, okay. that leads that leads me to ask you why you. I mean, you have your agency where you work with your Amazon clients, and you have your coaching. Why did you choose to make those two completely different brands? Yeah, I really the reason is that I just wanted to have they had such different messaging. Um, it's, it's, it's such, it was such a different communication, um, because the Amazon seller space is so unique in, in their, their mindset, um, what they're looking for and, and what I wanted to show. And so I felt like I also wanted to have a name that was really simple to understand for creatives and, and have something that would be instantly, they would get what I do. So that that was kind of how I went that way and, and just kind of separated them into two different. So you're using content marketing to drive your for the creatives business. And how are you started off using only word of mouth marketing for your Amazon sellers work? How, and so how did you how do you continue to build that Amazon business? Is that still all referral or do you do any kind of content or promotional advertising or how do you go about that? Yeah. So back to when we started, um, it was what I use as my primary channel was getting into their communities, online communities. And anytime I'd see somebody asking for a design, I would jump in there and comment and, and connect with them. I left, started to leave all these footprints in these communities and they are very close knit communities. That's one of the reasons I always um, I'm so strong about talking about niching. 
And um, because the communities, if you find them, they're so tight knit and they, and so these people would find these comments when they would search, like they needed a designer and they would find links to my website and links to my Facebook page. And that just started to kind of just get this snowball starting. And then I, once I took it to the next level, I started adding um, an actual, uh, a downloadable that people could get on my actual website for specifically to help Amazon sellers boost their conversions. So I laid out that path. I got people on the email list. I would, they, they would actually um, get blogs that we wrote. Um, so it was, it was kind of just getting out there little by little. And I never, we tried running ads for a very short time and it wasn't something that I was really passionate about. So we kind of dropped it. Uh, it didn't get us anywhere. Um, and not to say the ads don't work. I just have not used it successfully or really tried that hard in my business. And um, so what what has really been very successful, though, is finding coaches um, or big industry leaders in the Amazon space. And and actually, I went on a podcast, um, for example, multiple podcasts of in the Amazon community. And I was booked out for a year. I actually am still getting referrals from that podcast that I did. And it was a it was a huge community. And that's where I was talking to them. I was I was really understanding what they were trying to go to. And I was explaining that. So um, that's that it's been these content marketing, I guess, is really what's been useful for there. But I haven't used it's not like I used Facebook just posting. That really wasn't the only thing. It was all these communities leveraging them and then um, even and people doing really good service, people going into these huge masterminds and then recommending me in masterminds. And that's kind of, it's just kind of bridged out from there. I'm sure you're very familiar with the power of word of mouth and, and, and that kind of the power, it just kind of goes everywhere. So as a, to a certain extent, if you're hanging out in an Amazon seller group and you're a graphic designer, you're kind of a lurker, right? So then you are looking for people who are asking about graphic design or something that you can help them with. You know, I'm not going to say that this happened in the groups that you were in, but in some groups like that, they would discourage people who are vendors going in and pitching their their members within the group. How did you deal with that? Did you meet any resistance in that regard or did you did you go about it in a specific way that wasn't as public? Yeah, the the big thing that I I really advise designers to do is don't go in there just unless they're directly asking like i need a referral right now of somebody who can do this when it the best way is to approach it like they are a human and remember that everybody is a human and it takes time to warm them up to you it's it's like you know if somebody the the beauty of inbound when somebody comes to you because they saw a piece of content is they're already warmed up to you they're ready they're excited about what you've offered and they want more but when you're going out and you're reaching out, it's it's what's is called cold, right? They're they're cold to you. They're not warmed up yet. So you kind of have to bridge that gap by by um, you know finding out a bit about them, maybe asking them questions, and 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 participating in the community to really with the primary purpose of helping. And it does take a little longer than you know instantly. Maybe they won't instantly become a client but you're gonna come across better and people in the community are gonna appreciate you as opposed to kicking you out. So it's it's kind of a gentle approach. And yes, I did absolutely post links um, 
and that did help, but it has to be done strategically if the group allows it. And if the group doesn't yeah. allow it, did you connect with people outside and Facebook message them or did you kind of go the messenger route outside of the group after you kind of decided you there was someone that you could help? Yeah, sometimes I did try that a little bit and um, it did work sometimes. Um, obviously, Facebook, when you message them, it's it's um, you know that they don't always get alerted to it. Uh, I have been had that be successful, though. But when I message them, I it normally is because I've commented and I've already had a kind of a conversation in the comments um, or if they've been really asking for help for something, then I will message them and say, hey, I saw your post. Um, can you tell me a bit more about what you're running into? And instead of just saying, and this is something I see all the time, I get these messages, I get emails where somebody I, it's very clear they've never seen my content. They've never seen my site. They have no idea who I am and they just pitch right away. And I just delete those. And that's what most people do. So that's where you approach them in a way that's going to build a relationship and then see if you can help them. And if they're not a good fit, don't get stuck on it. Go to the next one. And and it's it's not something people like to do. And I know it's kind of gotten a really bad, bad, um, bad connotation about direct messaging, um, but it does, it can be super powerful if you do it strategically. Now, chances are many of you listening might have first come across me via my YouTube channel. Building my presence on YouTube has done more to build my personal brand than any other platform. So I want to share with you the one resource that was critical in growing my channel. It's a YouTube plugin called TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is a freemium browser extension that you use to manage and optimize your YouTube channel videos. It saves a massive amount of time doing the mundane tasks like adding cards and managing your video descriptions. But it also provides incredible value through its video analytics, showing you data about your competitors' videos that's absolutely invisible without it. It also helps with adding metadata to your videos so they show up better in search. If you want to take your YouTube work to the next level, you have to get TubeBuddy. You can support this podcast by signing up through our affiliate link. Just go to TubeBuddy.com slash Philip Van Dusen. It's easy to remember. Just type in TubeBuddy.com slash Philip Van Dusen to check it out. By adding TubeBuddy to your video workflow, I guarantee you your channel will grow much, much faster. Just go to TubeBuddy.com slash Philip Van Dusen and sign up for TubeBuddy today. So you mentioned that you have, you're starting, you developed an email list and that you've used some lead magnets or downloadable, um, you know, kind of free gifts for people. How do you leverage your email list? How do you use email in your business? Yeah. So it's, it's something that I have them on a nurture sequence. Basically what that means um, for anybody who doesn't uh, understand the marketing email marketing is they get the downloadable. It's a, it's a really valuable PDF that walks them through the steps of how to set up a converting listing um, using and with powerful branding. And but most of the time they can't do that on their own if they're not a designer. So that's where it's, I give them just after they get that initial initial email, then they get um, the next email that will actually give them some other tip about it. And I just give them lots of tips up to about four emails, just worth of tips every week they get that. And then on the final one, I ask them, 
if they'd like to send their listing, I would give them a free five minute review. So I get, I've actually gotten clients this way where they will then email me, uh, okay, can you take a look at this listing? And then I look at it and I do a video review and I send it back to them using something like, you can use Loom or just something in Dropbox that you save and send them the link in a QuickTime video. And um, and then just, I, it, they're, they're like, wow, this is amazing. How much is it for you to do this for me? So that's been the good way of the nurture sequence. And then what I recommend is, is when you're doing content blogs um, on a monthly basis, send it to your list, send it to them. Just keep reminding them that you're there and you know their niche better than anybody or in a very unique way that will help them. I think your technique of doing kind of a mini crit, a mini review of someone's site or someone's listing um, is very smart. I actually was asked a question today in a webinar that I was doing about um, whether you should ever give a competitive audit away for free. And I said, it's actually one of the best tools you can use in business development is to share your expertise and how much you understand someone's business and give them some feedback on what they're doing for free. I mean, it doesn't really take that long. And if you just talk off the top of your head, people, some they get your personality, they somehow begin to get to trust you and they appreciate you know, the feedback for free because they don't hear that from experts very much. So I think that it's very smart that you're doing it. And for anyone listening, I mean, I think that that's one of the best ways that you can um, give some value to a prospect before you actually kind of hit them up for anything. It's just say, hey, I was on your website and I have some thoughts for you about things you can do better or different and just see if they respond. I mean, everyone wants something for free. So it's just, um, I find that very valuable. How do you, you know, we all as creatives have to stay inspired, right? So how do you stay inspired? How do you, um, you know, get the energy to face every, every day and every challenge with a little bit of energy? How do, how do you feed your inner creative? I love that question. Um, I, the interesting thing is everything everywhere is, is some form of inspiration. I think that, and, and that sounds really broad, but when I go to, anywhere, even in any store, any, um, any book that I'm reading, anything, I, I'm always thinking, oh, this would be cool. Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'll take a picture of this. This is a really cool packaging design. Um, this is a really cool look. I like this here. Uh, obviously, I, I know sometimes um, people don't like or there's been specific um, that I've spoken to specific people I've spoken to that don't agree with using Pinterest or Behance. I think they are incredible sources um, of, of inspiration just to get your juices going. And I think that's an amazing place um, for me when I'm starting a project, um, just to kind of see what's out there. Maybe there's something not to copy ever exactly, of course, but um, to use, a, you know, when you're starting a, a mood board, um, the passion that I have to help people really going back to my purpose. I think when you have a really strong purpose for your business, it's, it's something that will drive you. And then above all is, is the, is having a goal to really motivate you. Like what is, what, what is the personal reason you're creating this to really bring, you know, for your own self, what is it that is driving you to wake up in the morning? Um, obviously for me, that's like my kids, you know, getting, getting up. I have, I, I'm really excited that I can create a, a, a whole, living for them. Um, so I guess there's many sources of inspiration in kind of different areas. So what do you, what's on the, what's on the horizon for Lauren Gonzalez? What, what do you have planned for the future? Um, that's a nice question. Um, uh, 
I, I would say right now what I'm doing is a massive kind of pivot in my design business. Um, I've been working a lot with new sellers and I found that what I want to do and kind of my goals is really working with more uh, seasoned sellers. So ones that are in the seven and eight figures or they're, they're going to that level and they want to rebrand. And I feel like that's, that's the kind of person I really get excited to work with nowadays. So I'm doing a whole pivot in my niche, almost going even deeper. And, um, with for the creatives, I am just really excited about all the content going to be putting out to help more and more people. I'm doing a whole, um, I do updates to the program as I learn more things. And so I'm doing a whole new one, which I'm really excited about and um, just continuing to help and 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 get my message out there as much as possible to help more and more uh, creatives to not undercharge, not undervalue, feel more confident, get out of their comfort zone and really create a business that is going to give them the income and the lifestyle that they want. That's what I'm looking forward now, to. Now, everyone listening knows now why I had Lauren on the show because she is so passionate about everything that I am so passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is is carrying the banner very, very, very handily. So I, I applaud you for that. Um, I always ask my guests one question at the end of the show. Do you have any kind of personal manifesto or a mantra that you try to live your life by? Thank you uh, for that, Philip, by the way. Yes, and I, I love your passion too. It's, it's exciting to see other creatives like yourself that are doing what you do out there. And that's, that's why I got excited about, about your podcast um, specifically. So, um, but, and then to answer your other question, um, persistence. That is the word that has driven me through everything. Uh, when I was, when I was little and, and younger and I couldn't draw, I knew that in a year, if I kept going, I would be able to draw that whale really well. Um, I, I didn't get accepted into a high school program that I really wanted to get into. And so I persisted and I worked when everybody else was out, you know, hanging with their friends. I was at art class drawing, drawing, drawing. So it's the thing that has gotten me everywhere I want to go is persistence. And I think that that's something that um, now with all the distractions and everything in the world, it's hard to keep that persistence. But if you can, you're going to get where you want to go. That is a word to the wise. So Lauren, if people wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, you can always email me. I'm very open with my email, uh, lauren at forthecreatives.com, or you can always follow me on for the, for, at For the Creatives on Instagram, For the Creatives on YouTube. Um, you can always reach out to me in either place, and uh, that's, that's the best way. What if they're an Amazon seller and they want to get in touch with you through your agency? How do they do that? Sure, yeah, they can go to principiumstudio.com, which is uh, is uh, principiumstudio.com. And then I also, you okay, can email you're me. Have Lauren, to spell that. For Principium Studio, it's P R I N C I P I U M. So it's Principium and then studio, simple, and then dot com. So you can see that. Um, you can always reach out to me at Lauren at principiumstudio.com. Um, for the two businesses, it's just my name and then the at URL. Awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the Brand Design Masters podcast. You're doing great work for the community. And um, I really appreciate your time and sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much, Philip. It's been a lot of fun. And I appreciate you having me very much. Thank you for what you do for everyone, for all the creatives as well. 
If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.